and welcome to Challenges That Change Us, the podcast where we talk to our guests about how their challenges have impacted them today and how they overcame them. Whether you are someone that feels like you are thriving right now, trudging through the mud or somewhere in between, this podcast is designed to give you practical advice, profound insight into your own experience and inspire you to embrace your life. My name is Ali Flynn, the co-founder and CEO of Tri Altitude Performance, and I will be your host. It's time to buckle up your seatbelts and let's get this ball rolling. Hey, hey, superstars. Welcome back for another week of Challenges That Change Us. I hope everyone out there is gearing up for the end of the year. It can be crazy leading into Christmas. So give yourself permission to say no to things. Perhaps even open your diary after this podcast, have a look at your next few weeks, think about where do my priorities lie, what's really important for me right now, and what are the things that I'm going to say no to. And whilst you're there, I want you to rule out a little bit of time for yourself. We forget so often to show up for ourselves. We're there for everyone else, family, work, kids. I want you to rule out a little bit of time just for you. Now for today, are you ready to have your minds blown? I would just need to give a little warning that there is a lot of swearing in this episode mainly in the first five minutes and then again towards the end of the episode. But if you have little ears around, perhaps you want to wear some headphones. Let me introduce you to one of a kind, Morgan T. Nelson. Some of you will have already heard about Morgan. He's traveling the country next year, visiting all the major cities. So this might be a little nice appetizer for anyone that wants to book into his incredible three-day transformational events. They are a game changer. Let me tell you a little bit about this guy. Morgan is a 29-year-old who went from being emotionally and financially broke at the age of 21 to financially free at 23. He was told at school that he would never make it and he went down the rabbit hole of self-destruction. He talks briefly about hitting rock bottom and attempting suicide But he only briefly touches on this. The bulk of the podcast is about how he went from this place, from being rock bottom to speaking on stages of crowds with up to 6,000 people across multiple countries, sharing the stage with people like Darren Hardy, the founder of Success Magazine, and Joel Brown from Addicted to Success. He takes us through four things that he did to design his life as it is today. As I mentioned, Morgan is touring Australia next year with a three-day transformational program designed to help you break through all the areas of your life, destroy your fear, gain clarity and certainty in your life and build your dream life. Morgan is high intensity and takes us on an inspiring personal development journey. If you need a pick-me-up or you need to kick up the ass to get your shit done, then stay on for the next 45 minutes. I can't imagine anyone getting to the end of this interview and thinking, wow, that was a waste of time. I almost bet every single one of you at the end of this interview will start taking action. Just a trigger warning that we do mention suicide and substance abuse in this episode. We don't go into a lot of detail here, but if this is not the right episode for you today, then that is completely okay. And there is another 35 episodes that you can jump on and listen to. Also, don't forget the lifeline number 13 double one one four it is available 24 hours a day and even if you just want to reach out and have a conversation with someone all right let's get into the episode so I'd love to introduce you all to Morgan welcome Morgan to the podcast challenges that change us hello thank you so much for having me on it's been a long time coming (laughs) It has. And it's also been a long time this afternoon because we just spent about an hour chatting before we pressed (laughs) play (laughs) or chatted out. Morgan, I really love to start the podcast with a really simple question around if you were to choose an animal to best describe you, what animal would that be and why? Yeah. The first word that came to mind is I'm a fucking lion. (laughs) I go after what I want. I go after what I want. I think there's other animals in the jungle that are actually superior to a lion, but lions don't give a fuck. It just focuses on what it wants and goes after it. So yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Morgan, you are just, oh my God, shooting for the stars at the moment with your career. So before we get into your challenge today, I'd love just to touch base for the audience on like what you're doing at the moment. Like you have just finished a three-day transformational gig that you did and you're touring Australia. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we've got a lot on. And if I look up to my wall up here, like we've got something like 20 or 30 events on next year. I just hear in Australia that insane, but you know, essentially like I'm building the number one personal development company in Australia. That's the goal because I really just believe that if we had have learned things back in school, like, like self-development things, if we had to learn things like how to manage our emotions, how to communicate more effectively, how to be leaders, how to manage our money, how to take control of our fears, limiting beliefs, values, and all these types of things. If we, if we taught these types of things in school, There'd be more and more people in the world that are a lot more happy, a lot more successful, a lot further along in their life. There'd be less domestic violence. There'd be less violence in general. There'd be so much less shit things and a lot more good things if people just simply learnt how to be good people, you know? And I, and I really believe that people learn how to do that because by learning more and more things by yourself because we only know what we know. Now, if we go to school and they teach us about algebra and English and read To Kill a Mockingbird and, and all this sort of shit that's completely pointless for life, then we don't know how much more of our potential we can actually tap into. When I say potential, like potential success, potential happiness, you know, joy and all these incredible things in our life, we don't know what actually exists until we open up that, that box and have a look. So, I'm really passionate about building, you know, the number one personal development company in Australia and in order to do that, we are. We have all these incredible freaking events all over the country that are happening because I think it's a lot better. I was talking to somebody a little while ago and they're like, they were a coach and they said to me, should people have a coach? I forget the exact question. Was it, you know, should people have a coach? And I said, well, yeah, 100% because it's kind of like this. Like if you want to get big in the gym or if you want to drop 20 kilos, if you want to get super sexy for summer, you'll go to the gym and you'll get a personal trainer. Why would you not? You'll go get somebody who's going to teach you how to use your body properly in the gym, teach you how to eat, what to eat, what not to eat. What about in life? Who do you have in your corner that's actually going to help you pivot and see things from a different perspective, help you increase your joy, your success, your abundance, and help you do all these things, right? So, I think the coaching industry is fantastic. However, it's so oversaturated and people charging ridiculous amounts of money as well. So, what I want to do is give everybody like condense what you can sort of do with somebody on a one-on-one -on -one basis into a single weekend for a fraction of the cost while having a shitload more fun. So that's sort of what we do. I absolutely love that. And, you know, Morgan, you just bring so much to the table. Just you can hear the energy even as you're talking. And I think one of the things, you know, you're talking about discovering more about who you are. And I think one of the key elements to that is knowing what holds you back, right? And we don't learn that at school. Like we 100%. don't learn those things and those conversations we're having inside our head or how we view our experiences and carry them with us into the future, stopping us from doing what we want to do. Yeah, it's it's super important, you know, like, you know, they, you go to school. The problem with school is, and this, this is not a podcast on knocking school, even though it might be, but the problem with school is this. It's like, I don't know if you've ever seen that picture, but there was a picture of a goldfish, a monkey and an elephant and then they said, and then there's like a bunch of teachers and they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're all going to climb up that tree and we're going to judge you on how good you are at climbing up that tree. If they were all to try and do that, the monkey would go bang straight up the top and we'd get an A+. The elephant wouldn't climb the tree, might try to put its trunk up there and then it'd be like, oh, but you're cheating. You can't do that, but we'll give you a, you know, a C for effort. Then the goldfish is shit out of luck because the goldfish is sitting there looking at the rest of the, at the people up the tree, looking at the tree going, what's wrong with me? I can't even get out of this bowl. What's wrong with me? I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. But then what happens in life is the monkey figures out that it can't swim in the ocean, but the goldfish kills it in the ocean and then realize this true potential it's like oh my god you know maybe i just wasn't put on this earth to actually climb freaking trees i was put on this earth to just swim like a fucking fish and you know the problem with the education system is people don't really understand what their true potential is or their true genius in life it's because they've been tried to put into a box that's fit for one person not for everybody like i was told in school that i wasn't smart enough i couldn't do things i was told that you know when you grow up morgan we suggest you go do something with your hands. Go get a trade. Don't do anything 
that involves reading, writing, journalism, or speaking because it's not your strong suit at all. Now I've written two books. I've spoken in five countries around the world, crowds up to 6,000 people. I have a podcast that streams in 70 countries all around the world. You know, I've got my own speaking platform that I've traveled around Australia because, you know, they told me, well, based off our studies, you won't be good at it. But I was like, well, fuck your studies. I'm going to create my own. And I, I really encourage people to sort of do that, like lean into the things that excite you because most people are actually, we're never good at something we don't like. So most of the people that your strengths, like the things that you're really good at will lead you towards living a life more on purpose because you're like, well, I'm really, really good at these things and it might excite you. And potentially just maybe that's why you actually put it. That's why you're designed because imagine if we're all designed to be good at the same things and like the same things, we'll have a world filled of just you know, things getting done one way, right? So it's it's super important. And I'm thinking like how did you go from being told that at school because it's not uncommon, right, especially on this speaker gig at the moment. Like you're hearing these stories about these children that are told they're not good enough and that they won't be able to make it by one person somewhere along the line. How did you go from that to where you are now before we get into the challenge? <laughs> yeah, the challenge. Okay, cool. Yeah, look, I even remember – you know, I don't know if you guys did this, but when we graduated year seven and we went to high school, everybody would bring a bear to school and you go around and you get your friends to sign the bear and they oh, put their yes! name. Yeah. God and you have Morgan, this bear. I forget that. Wow. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I've still got that bear. I think it's at my pop's house, right? And I never forget going up to one of my teachers. I didn't really like this teacher at all, but I was like, fuck it. You know, this guy, he writes on it. Keep on dreaming, Morgan. <laughs> I said, I might just do that. Now I'm going to get personalized plates that says dreamer, you know, because like my whole company's dream out loud. My podcast is dream out loud. It's like, yeah, you know what? I will keep doing that. You keep doing things that inspire you. Now I'm going to keep doing things that inspire me. How about that? But what happened was this, you know, like I did leave school. You know, I, let, I stayed to year 12 for the parties and the girls because I just thought like, this is super fun. Why would I want to go out into the real world yet when we're having all this amazing time at school? And we stayed there and we got our OP. So up here in Queensland, you know, they give you your score, your overall position. And pretty much the highest is the worst. So 25 is the worst. One is the best. And whatever you get graded on is what's going to, you know, to go and study certain subjects at university, they'll say you need an OP of this equivalent. All right. So the parents say you need to be this smart enough to get into our classes. And so, you know, I saw all my friends, they're getting their scores and they're good scores and they're applying for universities, they're getting accepted and they're doing all these things and they're all celebrating. It's like, yeah. They said, Morgan, what are you going to do? I said, no, I'm not going to go to university. They're like, why? So, well, you know, the first 12 years of school didn't excite me. I really don't think the next four to eight years going to excite me, especially if I have to pay for it. Like, that's not going to excite me. And my score was actually, I actually got a 20, I think it was a 21 or a 22. It was one of the worst. So I left the first few years of my life legit thinking like, shit, I'm not smart. I'm not good enough. I can't do these things. And I went and got an apprenticeship as a carpenter because I had a friend call me. He said, hey, dude, do you want to be a chippy? I said, what on earth is a chippy? He says, you know, a carpenter. I said, what, laying carpets? He goes, no, building houses. You want to build houses and shit. I said, oh, yeah. I was 18 years old. I said, oh, that'd be pretty cool. You know, hang out in a building site. You know, chicks love tradies, right? I'm like, you know, I'll get a tan, listen to music, build houses. That's sick. Every 18-year-old's dream, right? I was like, this is awesome. We go to the job site. My first day on the job site, I walk in with my with my big boots on, got my lunchbox and my yellow high-vis shirt, walking on the job site. And uh, I just got thrown into the, into the deep end with all these toxic people, you know, negativity, you know, alcoholics, people riding their bike, full-grown men riding their bikes to the job site because they lost their license for life for drink driving because they're just alcoholics. And I'm like, wow, you know, six months ago, I was in school. Now this, and I'm like, this is weird. My boss comes up to me on day one at 3.30 in the afternoon after been working nine and a half hours. And he says, Morgan, today is your first day. So you get to go home early. I said, nine and a half hours is early. What's well, a normal day? He says, usually we'll do 10 or 11 hours a day. And I said, for how many days a week do we do this? He says, usually five, sometimes six. And then in my head, I said, for how many years do I do this? And the answer in my head was until the day you die. You know, 
And then I just started really think about it instantly. When I was 18, I was like, man, if I don't figure out a way to either make a lot more money or a, a way to make money while I'm sleeping, then I will work till the day I die. And I saw everybody around the job site and I started looking for people I could model success from. And I'm like, maybe I'll become a developer. I'll become a proper developer. If I can do this and retire by 50 years old, I'm going to be really happy that how amazing that could be. But before all this happened, you know, I fully went down a path of hanging around all these people, doing the things because I set that as my goal, right? I set my goal as I want to become a property developer because that's where I see, you know, I'm building houses for the developer. They must make more money than us. But in order for me to get there, I got to finish my apprenticeship. I can become a builder myself. And, you know, it's a couple decades of doing this stuff, right? So, goal one is finish your apprenticeship, Morgan. So, part of doing our apprenticeship, we got taken away and we had to work up in Mackay and we're building all these houses up there. It's 45 degree heat every day. We're working seven days a week for three weeks at a time. Then I'd take two days off, then back into it. 45 degrees. We're living in a house with 12 other tradies and a two bedroom house. There was many of us that slept just in the lounge room together. So, there was no separation between your personal life and your work life. The, the place was disgusting. It stunk like tradies and that's all we knew. So, every single day, people would come in from the job site, people would drink, right? They'd be drinking every single day and then I started to catch on, oh, this is, this is what we do. We drink every single day. This, this is alcohol there for us. Next minute, I'm 19 years old. I'm an alcoholic. I'm drinking every single day. If I don't get a drink by at least six o'clock, I feel my body's getting weird and twitching and I'm like, oh, it must be time to have a drink. Sure enough, then substances came into it, right? And we we're having cocaine in the morning to wake up, cocaine at lunch to keep going, cocaine in the afternoon. And then because we're so freaking wide at nighttime, then we use some prescription pills to come down and go to sleep at nighttime. This was just, I just thought this how it got done. I was like, this is the tradie life, right? You know, this went on for like nine or 10 months like this. And it was just all we freaking knew. And then it got so bad at one point where my, my self-worth was so low, my confidence was so low, I was just getting treated like shit because I was the apprentice. I was getting fed drugs. I was just destroyed emotionally and physically where I just thought it's going to be a lot more painful to actually stay on this earth than will we leave. So, at 19, when I was completely in a doped up drunk state, I tried to take my own life thinking that that was the best way out. And, you know, I'm so grateful for that time actually because it taught me to actually start to stop and ask questions. And I remember asking a question. It was probably the first time I actually self-analyze and ask a question. The question was, if life has gotten so bad to the point where I want to commit suicide, not want to, try to, and I can think back to moments in my life where I've been absolutely happy and ecstatic and loving life, what was the biggest difference between the two? And the first answer that came to my mind was my environment. I was like, wow, you know, when I was back on the Gold Coast and I was going to the beach every weekend with my mates and I was going out partying and we're just having, we're just being 18 year olds and picking up girls and having fun and I'd go to my job just to make money and I'd come and live my life. That was fine. I liked it. I loved it. But then up here, my whole life's just been consumed by drugs, alcohol, toxicity, getting in fights, going to the pub with people I don't like to get paid still no much money. I was making $7 an hour. I was like, nothing is more important than my own joy and happiness and my own freedom to live. And I moved, I quit my apprenticeship, right? Because I stayed in there because of the end goal. I'm like, I'm gonna keep doing it because I wanna become a developer. Then I was like, fuck this. If that's what's meant to be in my life still, it'll still find a way to come to fruition, but I'm not doing it like this. And I left and you know, that kind of started, I think that was really the first time I gained a bit of self-control in my life where I started really choosing the direction I wanted to go instead of just, you know, hanging in the tide, you know, like wherever the tide would go, I'd go with it. I started choosing, I'm like, I'm going to steer my ship in this direction. And, you know, this was 19 and then I, I started hanging around with different people. I started looking for people that actually had the life I wanted because here's the thing, like there's so many people out there that aren't living the life they want. Their bank account isn't there. Their health isn't there. Their relationships aren't there. Many areas of their life isn't really where they want it to be. They say they say, oh, but I'm grateful. You can be grateful, but you know deep down inside, you're actually still not where you want to be. If you had a magic wand, you could be have anything you want, be anywhere you want, what would change right now? People still want to get somewhere. But the things that are holding them back is usually, well, what if? Because the things that hold them back is they surround themselves with people that are stuck. They're still. They're still broke, they're still complaining, and they're still going nowhere in their life. But people are more afraid to leap from that pond just to try getting to another pond in case if they miss, 
in case if they fail in their head, they internalize and be like, well, what if I take a leap out and I miss? And then everybody from the old pond just laughs at me. That's what happened to me next. You know, I started my own business at 21 years old. A friend introduced me to it. It was a network marketing business. And here I'm trying to build my own business at 21. And I'm telling people about it. And I had all of these people from my old circle bashing me, telling me it's not going to work, telling me I'm stupid, scam, blah, 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 blah. And this was me really like leaping out of the pond. And I just realized at some point, I think the biggest thing for me, I realized, I said, you know what? If they don't want to come with me, then that's their fault. But I'm going to focus on where I'm going in life and what I want to create. And I'm just going to double down on that. And then by the time I was 23 years old, I actually quit my job and I was financially free. And I, I moved to Mexico, you know, and for the last eight years, not however long, I'm 29 now, however long that's been, I've lived a life of complete choice, complete freedom, had financial freedom since 23. I've traveled all around the world. I've lived in Mexico, Bali, the States. We just spent three months in Europe this year because it was cold in Australia and I like Europe. You know, we get to do things like that now just because that's the life I've created for myself, but it definitely didn't just happen, right? It doesn't just happen. But I think the biggest thing, like you asked the question was, what helped me sort of break through those things? Years and years and years of conditioning, but it took me, it's like building a muscle. If you go to the gym and you do the bench press one time, you get really big pecs and big arms. No, but if you learn how to do it and you get a personal trainer and then you, you continually learn and grow and you, and you do your reps, and every day you're doing the reps over and over and over and over and over. You'll eventually break through and create this new muscle. And that's kind of what's what's happened for me over the years. But I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I could sort of keep talking for another hour. No, I want you to. I was just sitting here going, you know what? I'm not actually, I, we can just listen to you, Morgan, because it's so valid what you're saying. And I think, you know, the, you, you can hear the passion in your voice, but what a story. Like if we just take a moment, that it's a freaking huge story. Yeah, that's that's a part of it. That's a part of it. <laughs> What's the other part? <laughs> well, I don't know how long do you, how long do you want? You know, we like, got ages, I'll... mate. You can go for it. This is such a beautiful interview because it's so different to what we've had on here before. And I think, I think sometimes, sometimes people don't call it as it is. You know, like yeah. you're saying right now, it's like this is just how it is, guys. You got to do the work. Yeah, no one can do it for you. Yeah. Well, look, like I understand like a lot of your listeners, right? It's just challenges that change us, right? And I think the biggest thing about this is nothing in your life is happening to you. That's the biggest thing people need to understand. People listening to this and going through adversity or having challenges, right? You've got to look at it as if it's how has this happened for me? Because like I said, when I was 19 years old and I tried to take my own life, there wasn't even a second actually I, I thought of like, you know, I know there was about a two-week turnaround period actually when I was still there and I was like, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But I was really trying to figure out what was happening. But I don't think I ever actually sat there and go, why is this happening to me? What's wrong with my life? I started asking the question and self-analyzed. This is the key. I self-analyzed and I was like, how might this happened for me? And, and I started asking different questions. I'm like, well, you know, I was really happy back on the Gold Coast and I forced me to leave. But from that was at 19, I'm 29 now. So the last 10 years, I've been developing what has now birthed into a 38-hour Dream Out Loud method seminar, right? It's my three-day program. We, we somehow condense like four days in the three days. So it's 38 hours. Or three years into three days. <laughs> yes. Well, it's really, we're condensing a decade into yeah. a weekend. Yeah. A decade yeah. of knowledge into a weekend. But here's also a thing, like when I teach people, I don't want people to leave with a page of notes. And I heard actually someone gave a testimony at our last event. They said, what I love most about Morgan's events is you don't leave with a book full of notes, but you will leave with your mind in a different way you'll think differently. You'll believe different things. You'll internalize things differently. And you, you'll just start to do different things in your life. That's what I want because I could teach lots of things. But then people know it consciously. I don't care what they know consciously. I care about what they actually do. You know, there's three levels of learning. We can know something, we can understand something, and then we can actually embody it. I don't care about what you know, what you understand. I care about what you embody. How we know what you embody is what does the results in your life look like? So if you look at the results in your life, are you not happy? then it just shows that there's something that we need to shift. And this is the truth that not everybody talks about. Money is a result. Your health is a result. Your relationships are a result. Your lifestyle is a result. These are all a result based off the beliefs, the attitude and the values that we have, the skills that we decide to go and acquire, 
or higher. The behaviors that we do, the habits that we have and the actions that we take, this all are, are results. Manifestation 101, right? But I want to give these guys like a bit of a step. So the, the last 10 years, this is sort of what I've uh, developed that there's four pillars. There's four pillars of actually designing the life of your dreams, okay? And before we actually dive into the four pillars, the first step is actually people just need to actually get clear and, and know that anything they have been through in the past, the thing that will shackle them for good is being a victim to their past. If they're like, yeah, no, but it's all good for you, but you don't understand. Like somebody commented on one of my things this week and they said, that's easy for you to say you don't have a mental illness. I said, well, hold on a second. If you believe that you have a mental illness that is holding you back, there's not a thing I could give to you, teach you, say to you that's going to allow you to think differently. Why? Because you believe you are the way you are and that's it. If you want any sort of change, you've got to understand to how can you start to go from being a fixed mindset of actually going, this is who I am. This is the only way I was tarred with this brush and it's just poor me, right? But I really believe I have a suspicion that nobody on this podcast actually thinks like this because podcasts are for growing, which tells me you guys have a growth mindset. And if you have a growth mindset, that means that you say things to yourself or at least you want to say to yourself now, things like, you know what? I can have, be, and do anything I want as long as I'm willing to learn how to do it and put in enough sweat equity because that's the actual secret in life. Like mm-hmm. the awesome thing with humans is we're a massive adaptation device. Like if you want to create the life of your dreams, if you go to work on your skill set and your mindset every single day, your skill set and your mindset will improve. That's it. That's the simple thing. But most people think, oh, but I'm not going to go to the gym today to do my reps because what's the point? because they can't see the instant gratification instantly. But if they understand that over a 10 year period, think back 10 years ago, I was committing suicide. You know, now we're we're closing on doing, you know, seven figures in a year. I have my own global speaking platform. Like it's an incredible, it's an incredible life, right? It's, It's just insane. But the biggest thing I want people to understand right now is where you are right now has nothing to do with where you can get to. It has nothing to do with where you start. It has everything to do with where you end up. And where you end up, comes down to what you decide to do after this podcast. Because the four pillars is this, you must have the right environment. You know, like I said to you, I moved from Makai, come back down to the Gold Coast. I started to look for people who had the results I wanted in my life. And I'm like, who can I surround myself with? What do I need to listen to? What do I need to digest? We have five senses. How am I consuming my information? A lot of people watch the news still, blows my mind. The news is just feeding fear into you to control you, right? And think whatever you want about it. But No one would argue that the news is actually not good for you. It doesn't support your life in any way, okay? But you you must have the right environment. That's that's the biggest thing. You know, you'll become the the, the sixth person of the five you surround yourself with most. It It was one of the first things I heard in the personal development space. Jim Rohn says... You'll become the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. And I'm started thinking, whoa. So you're telling me that if I surround myself with five happy people maybe I'll become one. I'm like, this is incredible. They didn't teach me this in school. (laughs) They taught me in order to be successful, you have to go to college and you have to get a one OP screen. You have to be the best. And then you have to fight your way. No, 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 no. You can just go find people who are really successful. And just by being in their, their awareness, you'll start to see how they do things. You'll learn how they do things. You'll think how they think. You'll walk how they walk. You'll start to earn money how they earn as well. It's a different conversation. Like I'll give you, I'll give you a perfect example. Yesterday, okay, in one day, we went to a uh, really, really nice dinner for one of my friends going away. He was moving to Thailand. Okay, we had about fifteen of us dudes there. We went to one of the newest, beautiful beach freaking club things here on the Gold Coast. No one knew actually how much it was, right? And this isn't a brag thing. I just want to give you guys a bit of the the idea of the conversation when you know you're in the right environment, okay? We go, so we go to lunch. We all eat whatever we want, we drank whatever we want. We've got bottles here, bottles there. It has an incredible day. Then we all left. And then my mate sent us all the bill before. He's like, hey, here's how much we owe. It's hundreds of dollars each. I'm like, wow, that was a good day. But the thing is, none of us knew that. None of us knew how much we were actually going to spend. That's irrelevant. The biggest thing is this. When we're at lunch, the conversations we had at lunch were all around impact, how we're going to expand businesses, how we're going to help more people, how we can collaborate at the dinner to uh, actually help each other's businesses and lives expand. Hey, what are you doing? What's happening? What's not working? Hey, is there anything I can help? Hey, I know somebody. I'm going to connect you with someone who can help you there. Blah, 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 blah. That was the conversation. 
That night, I went to the casino for an old friend's birthday, right? These are people I used to surround myself with at school because all the school friends came. And I'm like, oh, we get there, okay? They're all complaining. I went up to the bar. I went, I went, I went to go get a drink. And I said, hey, who wants to get a drink? And they said, oh, we're not drinking unless you're buying. And I'm like, I'll buy it. It's fine. Like, I'll get it. Like, whatever. It was just interesting, right? All the conversations around lack, okay? The point I'm getting, it was, it was lack. It was scarce. But then the conversations were about complaining. They were about being victims. They were about talking about the good old times. All the conversations were, oh my God, can't you believe we're all getting old? We're at a 30th birthday party. You're telling me we're getting old? <laughs> I'm just getting started. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? And I just saw in one day, okay, it was just such a contrastive difference for me in one day where I was like, how much you can really fuck your life up by hanging with the wrong people. Yeah. See, I got out of that pond. I got to have a taste of it. I was like, wow. They're all complaining. It's all, it's all victim. It's, it's crazy. Okay. So the first pillar, jump in whatever you want, Ali. Yeah. No, I was just about to say, that's yeah. the first pillar. We got three to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But I, want, I wanted to make a, a point, right? Because like people hear it, but it's like, yeah, the biggest thing. Okay. So the second pillar is this. So you must have the right vehicle. You need to have the right vehicle. And like you, you can't create a life of freedom. You can't create a life by design. If you don't have a vehicle, it's going to help you get there. You can't drive from Sydney to Brisbane. If you don't have one, oh, well, you got to get, get, get there. You either got to get in a car, you got to get a bus, you got to get a plane. You might even freaking walk there, but you need some way to actually get there. So you must find the right vehicle for you. So here's the thing. Social media tells us these days that everybody should become online entrepreneurs. I'm telling you that no one like... No, everybody should become an entrepreneur, right? I remember <laughs> Elon Musk was in a clubhouse conversation a long time ago and somebody says to him, have you got any motivation for entrepreneurs out there? And he says, if you need motivation to be an entrepreneur, you should not be an entrepreneur, okay? But social media will tell you, go start e-com, go do this, go do this, blah, blah, blah. The thing is you need to get clear on what it is for you. What's the right vehicle for you? What lights you up? What excites you? What are you passionate about? I tell people like, hey, you might be really passionate about just being a barista. Your job on this earth should be to become the best fucking barista you can. Become the best. And then find a way to get paid even more money for it. You might be the absolute best in the world. Get flown out to the queen might fly. Well, not the queen anymore. The king might fly you out to make <laughs> coffees for him. You never know. But it's like, but if you find the things in your life that light you up the most, you're most passionate about, and you're the best in the world at, lean into that. You don't have to start a business, but the world is too focused on going, I should do this. I should do this. Should, should, should. And they end up shooting all over themselves. So if you catch yourself saying things, I should do this, I got to do this, cut them out. Okay, yeah. it's going to start to lead you to the right vehicle. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you are and you'd like to learn more or engage further with our podcast community, you can do this in our Facebook group. Just search for Challenges That Change Us on Facebook or look in the link in our show notes. In this group, we'll be sharing extra content and giving further background to our episodes. So I hope to see you there. But for now, let's get back to the episode. And I was thinking there, Morgan, I was having a conversation just the other night at dinner with someone about that, talking about the vehicle. Like I was like, your job, your career, what you're doing right now, the position is just a vehicle. And Mm -hmm. she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, my podcast is a vehicle to help people. My gym is a vehicle to help people. My, My national wellbeing and performance company is just a vehicle. It all comes back to how do I help people grow from the inside out? And she was just like, I have never thought of it that way. And it's just, it's just you know, changing the way we look at things, right? Yeah, 100%. And But a lot of people try to copy other people because they think, well, it worked for them. It yeah. sh- I should do the same thing. And, and it can work, but it doesn't bring fulfillment if it's not in alignment with you. A big thing I focus on helping people do is actually find their true north in life. And then how do you develop, you know, your vehicle around that? There's, there's something for everybody. The third one is the right timing. It's going to be the right timing, but how do we make it the right time right now? Because, you know, we can say the cliche thing of, you know, if not now, then when, which is a very true point, very true point. You'd be like, well, if, if you're not going to start on it right now, then when are you going to start on it? There's never going to be the perfect time. A lot of people get ready to 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 get ready. And then they never get started. You've just got to start and figure it out. Like ready, fire, aim. That's what I do. But the biggest thing is this. You've got to make the decision. There has to be a decision. Now, there's not one successful person I've had a conversation with 
that accidentally become successful. It doesn't happen. There's always a moment along their life where they said, you know what? I got fed up with how things have always been. And I just made a decision that it wouldn't be like that anymore. And I went all in. There's always a moment because a lot of people think about this for a moment. Like for the women on the, on the call, women listening to this podcast, if your partner comes home to you and they say to you, baby, I'm 99% sure that you're the woman of my dreams. Most women are going to be like, what the fuck? And then the men are like, what the fuck? Gave you 99%. What more do you want, woman? And the women are like, I want the 1% more. And then us men, we're like, what do you mean? How much? Like, I've given you everything, right? The women want 1% more because a committed marriage wants 100% and so does your dreams. Anything worthwhile in your life needs 100% of your commitment. And a lot of people just flirt with it because they keep one foot in the old pond and one foot tiptoeing on the other, just I'm just I'm just trying to see. No, cannonball in and figure out your way. It's like jump out of the plane, build your parachute on the way down. Okay, that's how it's got to happen. So nothing's really going to shift until you're 100 percent all in. You make that committed decision where you know what? If not now, then when? I'm all in now. I'm all in. And what this means is you kill. So in decide, it has another word. It means says side. In Latin, that means to kill means killing all other options other than what you want to create to happen. When you've done that, shit, things become really easy. And clear. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just clear. One foot in, one foot out. Like, ah. All right. But the last one is the biggest one. The last one is becoming the right you, which I kind of talked about a little bit before. It's There's three parts to becoming the right you. You must have the right belief system. You must have the right values that are in alignment with the belief system. And you must have the right attitude because you know there's three kinds of people in the world and if people only get one thing from this show and they get this and you apply it this is going to change your life because there's three types of people in the world the first person they complain about the wind the wind's blowing and they're like oh my god the wind's blowing against me again it's going against me how bad is this oh poor me oh it's never works for me and they complain and then stay in the victim mindset. Then the second person, they go, oh, well, I'm just going to hope that the wind will change. I'm going to keep pushing this direction. I'm going to keep doing the same thing I've always done. And I'm just going to hope that the wind changes for me. Maybe one day I'm going to put out my crystals. I'm going to get them in alignment. I'm going to pray. I'm going to meditate on every full moon. And I'm just going to hope and I'm going to manifest and I'm going to write my love letters to money and to myself. And it's just going to happen for me. I'm just going to hope. I'm going to hope. And I'm going to hope. And then that's never going to happen. But the third person is they just get up and they change their fucking sail. Because they realize that, you know what? The wind isn't blowing in the direction I need it to right now. So I'm going to pivot because the only thing, the only variable in any part of your life is us. We can never change what happens to us, but we can always change how we respond to what happens to us. And we do that by taking a hundred percent responsibility in what happens to us. Now, a lot of people are like, whoa, 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 Morgan. But things have happened to me that wasn't my fault. Correct. They may not have been your fault, but it's your responsibility to do something about it because it's in your life now, whether you like that or not. Now, here's your two options. You can either be like, oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. Look what happened to me. Okay. But it's not going to get you anywhere. If you want to tap into personal power and really radically shift your life, the first step is to actually just go, you know what? I'm going to change my sales because responsibility broken into two words is the ability to respond. When we have the ability to respond, we can pivot, we can take what happened to us, look at what this has taught us, take it in another direction and learn from it and go a new direction. But unless we step into that third person which just goes, I'm changing my sales, life's looking kind of rocky. If the one thing we take is just go, anything that happens to me is happening for me and I'm going to take this, I'm going to learn from it, I'm going to change my direction in life. I can create anything, I'm going to be the master of my destiny every single day. 
And this is why, everyone, you need to book into his three-day workshop that's coming up, right? Like you can hear it just listening to you, Morgan. It's, I don't think I've smiled so much in a podcast ever. Like I'm just sitting here smiling at you because <laughs> it's so it. fabulous. And do you know what I love? I just, I just love hearing your story. I love hearing where you started, how you got to where you got to, where, just hearing you now with the confidence and you stepping into that light and being fucking brilliant in your lane. And that is such an example of what you just spoke about. You got told at school that you were not going to make it in this exactly where you are now. Like this is not the road for you. Go pick something else. Mm-hmm. I even got told I was never going to succeed or nothing was ever going to work for me by the people that we were at dinner with the other night, right? The old group, right? And it's so weird now when we hang out because my partner said, I came home from dinner. I said, it was so weird hanging out. And I'm like, they didn't really want to talk to me. And uh, and she's like, well, they're probably really like threatened or feel like they're an idiot because they bashed me so hard for years. So my question there, and I'm sure the audience are thinking this, is why did you go out of curiosity? Like when you talk about changing your environment, what was it that led you back down that road again? What led me back? Back. To having dinner with the people that didn't believe oh. in you in the first place. So, one of my best mates, he's still my bro. He's a good dude. It was his wife's birthday and I really ah. like her. I really like her. So, they they also associate with all those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're like, it's her birthday. Do you want to come down? And I'm like, fuck, you know, I see this group of people if, you know, if people get married or if there's birthdays and stuff and every now and then. But, um, yeah, we, we just went along to the birthday and then I was like, man... This is wild. Neon lights, right? Yeah. 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 So, Morgan, let's just have a little bit of a chat. You didn't get here on your own. You didn't no. get to where you are today without a phenomenal, I guess, connections, relationships that you've invested in along the way. Who in your world has had a huge impact and influence on where you are today? Oh, I, I think there's four main people. I would say currently my partner right now, she's an absolute incredible human and uh you know she really helps me see things in a different sort of perspective um she's absolutely fucking incredible um my, my three biggest mentors you know first one would be jen jeffries no one would really know her she was one i was telling you actually about before we started recording so she's like one mm. of the highest paid keynoters all through asia but she's just mentored me so much we've become super good friends on how to just be a good person you know and She's taught me on how to be a good speaker, how to be a good at business, how to be a good leader. Taught me so much. She's absolutely incredible. You know, she she's lesbian, right? And she went through she went through so much freaking adversity of of back when she was in the army. Like she's 60, 60 something right now. When she was in the army when she was 18, right? Back that 40 years ago when no one's gay especially not military right and uh-huh. she came out and she got all this shit then she got kicked out of the military for being gay and then she went to thailand uh, a little while ago and she wanted to adopt a kid but the australian government actually knocked her back from adopting a kid because she was gay so then being a true badass like what she does this is what this is one of the things i loved most about her and what i learned from her is there's always a way to just do a big fuck you because then when she goes, okay, I can't adopt one kid. I'm going to create a charity and I'm going to adopt 90. So, she has, oh, so she has a charity in Thailand that she's got, I think, nearly 90 kids that she self-funds, puts them all through school, gives them education and completely changed their life. It's awesome. And then one of my other mentors, David. David is just an absolute legend. You know, he's really taught us. You know, what I've noticed is so many people out there are successful, okay? There's a lot of people that are successful and they make money and I don't really care about how much money you make. I care about what sort of person you are. And what he's really taught me how to do is actually just have humility, not be a dick and be a really kind person. He's one of the richest people I know. He owns an island in Belize with Jack Canfield. He owns a plane. He owns his absolute mansion up on the water in Canada. He owns a ski lodge. He's really freaking rich, but he's one of the happiest people you ever meet. And he's also as happy, probably just you know, bombing it in a hostel with somebody if he had to, you know, and then also sleeping in one of the most nicest places in the world, you know, just for an example. But he's he's that kind of guy where he's just like, don't expect things in life, just, you know, adapt to whatever it is. If you can become super adaptable, you'll always live a joyful life. And then the biggest one is probably, you know, Tony Robbins. You know, I learned a lot from Tony, the way he's, you know, that, that was sort of like my in, insight really to depths of psychology and NLP and, you know, all that peak performance and sort of stuff. So, 
Yeah, they're probably the biggest people. And I just want to also ask, because the other thing that I don't know that some of the audience may be aware of is the amount of first time you put into personal development still to this day and then the amount of money you put into personal development because I'm sure between you and I, we could go and buy an island if we (laughs) spend the money on, you know, real estate instead of personal development. So how much time would you invest in personal development still to this day? Oh, I do a lot, man. Like every single day in the morning, I'm at least got a podcast, a course, a recording, a YouTube video or something, a book, audio book. There's at least the first hour of my day is consumed in learning something. You know, I will admit it's kind of slowed down a little bit lately because a lot more of my development now is actually learning by doing through my business and growing, but I condense it now. You know, but I remember I used to, every single time I'd be in the car, there'd be an audio book on, there'd be a podcast on or something like that. What I do now, I condense it. Like I just come back from Sydney. I spent 18 days in a room with one of the, the best, sorry, it is actually the world's leading trainers training programs in the world, right? It's like super, super advanced. For NLP, right? Because people are going to want to know what it's about. Yeah, yeah. Also for NLP. So now I can certify people in neurolinguistic programming and all that sorts of stuff. It's just super, super advanced. But, you know, I spent 18 days in a room and I continually will jump into events. That's why I believe is where you get the biggest transformation because that's why I run events. Because I just believe like what I can do with somebody in a single weekend when you're fully immersed is transformational. See, I learned this because... I was trying to learn Spanish for a long time. I downloaded an app and I'd do 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day, every single day, all right? And then months goes past. I'm not that good at Spanish yet, right? But then I go to Spain for two weeks and I'm living in Spain for two weeks and I could speak a lot more Spanish, putting sentences together, asking for things, ordering at restaurants, you know, directions, all these sorts of things, because what happens when you're fully immersed in the environment, you're learning just 10 X's. Okay. So I put myself into the environment where the learning is happening. So I, I get to events often, like that's where I really get my learning. And, uh, and I went, now we're looking at another one next year, another big speaker training thing. And you know, I like to fast track like that. So that's why I also believe that, you know, we have a program that people can do all of our events for the entire year. And I just think like, if I had something like that back when I was 18, if I could give that program actually to everyone finishing school, their life would be so much freaking better. So different. Do that for the first year of your life, then go into university and yeah. your life will actually transform, right? So, yeah. And Morgan, what is something, because people that come to your events will, will hear this energy and these stories. What would be something that people don't know about you? <sighs> What's something they don't know about me? The trouble with being a... <laughs> Someone that's all over social media and on the national stage or international stages, people learn everything, right? What's something people yeah, don't know? They really do, you know, like, and when I started my podcast, you know, I was always quite open on social media. And when I started my podcast, I don't know if you realize this, but like, it actually takes a lot of work to not share certain things. Yeah. It's easiest to... So, when I started my podcast, I just started being... Each show went on and I'll do a little bit more raw, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then one day I was just like, it took me a few episodes and I'm like... Pfft. This is everything you got. So, people could literally start from episode one of my podcast. There's not one thing I think that's happened really in my life that's drastic that people would be like, whoa, that I haven't shared openly on, on the podcast. And I, I remember this one time I was having, I had my mentor on, David, and we we're talking about sex and money. And we're halfway through the podcast and we completely forgot that we're actually recording. And we're just having this big chat and this laughing and blah, 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 talking about sex and women and sexual archetypes and all these sorts of shit. And here I am actually just going full down the rabbit hole saying, yeah, this is my sexual archetypes. This is what this is. This. And then I go, fuck, I just remember we were recording an episode. <laughs> and then I'm like, shit, should I keep this in? I'm like, fuck it. Now everybody on here knows how I like it, <laughs> you know, and it was just hilarious. But I remember thinking that I'm like, wow, it's so freeing. It's kind of like that last scene in eight mile, the last scene in eight mile where, you know, he, he gets up there and he tells them, here's all the bad things about me. Here's what's wrong with me. Here's how I'm shit. Here's how I'm this, this, this is this here. Go and tell them now something that they don't know about me. And then the dude was like, fuck, yeah. there's nothing. Because if I just own all my shit, I'm so just authentic. Like, Life's just so easy. Like, you know, there's, there's never going to be like a hiccup. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't want people to know that. I'm like, dude, everyone can know anything. I'm a, I'm a human, man. I'm just a dude doing his freaking thing. I think more people need to understand that. But, uh, you know, one thing I just thought of 
yesterday I was like, because I want to move out of the apartment that we're living in. I'm just freaking over it. I said to my partner, the Wi-Fi was not working. I said, fucking stupid Wi-Fi in this stupid fucking little place. And she's like, oh, you need to do your own course. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, she's like, you need to be grateful. I'm like, no, 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 no. See, here's the thing. I'm grateful, but there's still moments in my life where I'm fucking fed up with some shit <laughs> and I want to change it. Sometimes people think that because I teach this stuff, I need to be this enlightened angel. It's like, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. It's just having more awareness. And like, I still get pissed off. I still get absolutely fucking pissed off, but it lasts a moment. Yeah. I used to get pissed off it last a month. Or you pick up on it very quickly, right? Like yeah. you're aware that you're pissed off and then you have a choice. And from an adult yes. space, it's like, I'm still going to stay pissed off at this for the next. Yeah. I often say to my husband, I know that I'm cranky and I know my reaction's <laughs> too big, but just let me be in it yeah. for at least another hour because I'm not ready to be an adult right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's like, it's, it's just a funny thing, but it's like, you know, shitty things still do happen i just All don't focus on it i just don't yeah. focus on it or i just don't live there that that's the thing a lot of people things happen in our life then they they live there you know and then i i just choose to live in good places that make me feel good and one more question before we wrap up for today i was just thinking when you said that earlier around you know you're just your authentic self and it take me or leave me you know this is me and chime in if you want to chime in and don't chime in if it's not for you not that that was your words but how do you then because some people will ask this how do you then still be professional in the space without bringing your shit into the room well the first thing is like so if i'm going to talk about like an event okay there's a couple of things. The first thing is like, I have a preparation before I go into the room, you know, and I've got to be prepared. If there's anything happening out in my outside world, it's irrelevant because people have paid money and they're in the room for me. They're in the room for me to show up as my best self. And if I can't control my own shit, then it's a big thing. Like I have a trainer's training program and we intensely put them under things that week where we, we push them. Because I'm like, here's the thing. If you're going to get triggered by someone's comment on stage and you collapse or if you get, you get pissed off or you cry, you can't have that. I can't have this thing where if somebody says something or if I remember something and it triggers an emotion or and I go into the feel position, we just can't have that. You know, so I've just done so much extensive work on myself to allow that like those things just don't happen anymore. But if there was anything happening in my outside world I would find ways to deal with it. Like I just know how to manage my own state. You know, well, whatever we focus on, we'll find. What we focus on seems true to us. If I come in, I'm focusing on what's not working. I'm going to be in a shitty attitude. I'll give you an example. At our last event, we actually had a lot of flaky people pull out literally last second. And it soon went to being a good event to a really small event. And I was like, fuck this. And I was thinking, oh my God, no one likes me. No one likes this stuff. Is my content even good? All this shit happening. Instead, I just, I noticed that quickly. I was like, that's not true. And then I looked at everybody else that was actually there and they were all loving it. And I'm like, this happened for me. How can I give these guys the best, you know, event of their life? And every single one of them left there completely transformed, completely grateful. And they, and they loved it so much, right? Like, see, they had no idea. But it's just, it's really just about being able to manage our own internal dialogue. Like, that's the thing. It's like noticing what we're saying to ourselves, and is it actually real or are we just making it up? Because I just gave you an example that my internal dialogue doesn't go away. It still says she like, because that's their monkey brain. It's like, oh my God, they don't like this. You're not good. And then I'm like, shh, stop it. What is good? Oh, this is good. Yeah, let's focus on that. Okay. It's like a conversation with my brain, right? And then the last thing is, you know, I've I've done a lot of, unconscious programming for my body to be in the way I am. So I've, I've literally collapsed like several anchors and everything like this as well. So there's things that will trigger people. There's things that will set people off. And we all have anchors in our life, whether it be, you know, you drive down the highway and you see the red and blue flashing lights in your rear vision mirror and it anchors you to feel a sense of panic. You're like, ah, getting pulled over. You check your speed limit, you check your phone and all this shit. And then they, they drive past you and pull over somebody else. All right. That's an anchor. We have a song. We can hear a song. They don't usually drive past me, Morgan. They usually pull <laughs> over. So I'm not sure of that experience. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, because you keep driving. That's why you, you, you try out to run them, right? But, but if we have a song, right, we, we can all think back of, of a song. If we hear a song from, you know, our, our school year or whatever, it brings, oh my God, that memory. Or, and it, rem- it reminds us of something. 
we also have things that we can see. If we see things in other people, this is why sometimes people can go, you know, this is what happens in relationships. Relationships, they create negative anchors to each other. They get into a fight or they bring their outside shit into each other and they and they bond over trauma. They bond over things going wrong in their life. So they associate each other with negative feelings. The bad thing is they don't know this. So at our events, we collapse anchors on people. They don't even know what's happening. So what we do, we collapse the stuff where they don't no longer feel these negative emotions anymore when they see these things, hear these things or, or feel them, right? So what I've done is I've just thought about things like what's, what's the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to me at an event or in a stage and how do I want to show up instead? So I've installed subconscious programs in me. It's really hard to explain over this, but I've installed subconscious programs into my body that allow me to show up as an absolute just freaking lion. Force of nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? that, but, that uh, fucking lion. <laughs> yeah, you know, in our trainers training program, we put people through similar stuff because like, you know, if you're going to get out there and speak in a crowd or, or facilitate a group, you've got to know how to control your own shit. And also in order to know what controls, uh, how to control, you need to know what outside of resources may control you that like triggers and stuff. And then mm. you get rid of them. Oh, Morgan, thank you so much. What a episode. That's the least amount of talking I've done, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. I do have a question to finish up though. Yeah. What or who in your world truly makes you belly laugh? What or who? <sighs> you know what I really just love? I love just having fun, but I love like pranks and shit, to be honest. <laughs> I really do love fucking with people. Like some of my favorite YouTubers and stuff are just absolute pranksters. And it's where I'm somewhat conflicted in my life. because so I'm like, man, I'd love to do that stuff. But if I did that stuff, people that know me now would be like, Morgan, come on, that's not good. I'm like, eh. but like, you know, I, I see like, you know, just like just funny as shit pranks that people do that piss people off. You know, like there's lots of Karens in the world and they just get so offended by things. I just love it when people find a way to grind Karens up the wrong way, just get really funny. It's for my own entertainment. Like, you know, if they were in my room, I would, I would help them discover what the fuck's inside of them to, you know, so they can be better. But I kind of much about it. And if I see things on YouTube, I, I can't help but just think that shit's fucking hilarious. For people who don't take life too seriously, to screw with people who take life way too seriously. I, I, I think that's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> and also, I think too, I don't know if this is your experience, but as you do become a public figure, some of that fun stuff you feel, I don't know if, if this is you, but you feel like sometimes you can't go and do that stuff anymore. It feels like it's part of our early 20s. Yeah, that's part of my brand. I'm like, how can I still find a way where I, I was talking to my partner yesterday, actually. I said, you know what? You know, because I spent, I actually left this out, but I, you know, through my 18, 19, 20 through to 22, I spent a lot of time getting arrested as well. Like we would you always do- You definitely left th that out. <laughs> like we would just always do things wrong. Always do things wrong. I'd continually get into fights and stuff and I'd get arrested a lot. So we've just been in trouble with the law too many times to count, you know? So I think somewhere along my life, I just realized, you know, it's easier just to tell the truth. Don't be a dickhead. And it's just easier to avoid the law if I can. So I think now when I do business and I do life, I'm just mindful of like, no, don't that's kind of like illegal. You know? <laughs> but then I was just I was I was watching this documentary on Richard Branson. And here he is, one of the most influential people in the world, one of the biggest entrepreneurs of all time. He's a cheeky motherfucker, that dude. Every business he's launched, they do big campaigns. And a lot of the time he's like, oh yeah, we got arrested for that one as well. Oh, we got arrested for that. And here's this dude. He's just like, yeah, you know what I mean? So like, um, I said this summer and I'm like, you know, I've got to really find this edge that is in me that's dormant that I can bring back out in my own sort of just, I'm going to do what I want kind of thing. Cheeky, playful way. Yeah. So like, as long as you're really not hurting somebody, you're not doing bad to the planet or bad people. Cause there's something just break some more rules. I I'm, I'm going to find some more ways to break some more rules, have a bit more fun because the most fun in your life really is on the other side of where is right and wrong, you know, and it's a lot more fun over there. But I look, I have definitely thought about it, but I'm like, how can I start to, I just thought I was like, what if, what if I skydive? illegally skydive into my next event like what if i just did that <laughs> like that'd be cool um, like when you know, i'm coming they might find me or something but like shit be good publicity and that's that part of you that does like to live on the wild side so when you're yes. talking about bringing all of you to the event it's like how do i bring in that part that has actually gotten me to where i am today 
Maybe yeah. it didn't serve me in the early 20s, but it's still a huge part of what's gotten me to here today. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's a big part because you've got to, you know, in order to create something extraordinary, you've got to fight a bit against the barriers. Mm. You know, you, you got to challenge it. That's the thing. You challenge the rules that have been set in place. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Morgan. We're going to have to finish up there. Thank you for coming on and giving your time. I know you're so busy at the moment, so we really appreciate it. Well, good. I am so glad that you guys are still on at the end of this episode. Hands up how many of you are actually going to go get some pen and paper and re-listen to this episode so that you can jot down heaps of the stuff that Morgan said. Yes, it was his experience, but wow, how much of that can be applied to our everyday life, to yours, to mine, to my loved ones, to my family. So if you know someone that needs to listen to this episode, if you know someone that you know is kind of in a rut right now or feel like they're kind of not moving in the direction they want to move in, this might be the perfect episode to share with them to kind of flip that switch in their mind to think about we've got choices in life we choose the attitude that we wake up with and we choose how we spend our time and maybe we just need to kind of look at that and assess are we spending our time and energy on the things that will move the dial and the things that really matter to us so can't wait to see you all next week would love your feedback on this episode chuck it in challenges that change us our facebook community if you are not part of that facebook community yet i welcome each and every single one of you with open arms you can find it just by searching challenges that change us and ask to be invited and we will let you in so we'll see you all next week Thank you everyone for listening and taking the time out of your day. I believe we can learn so much from connecting with other people's experiences and stories. I hope you've gained some strategies and insight from today's episode. You can gain more by joining our Facebook group, Challenges That Change Us, or next week we will return with another episode.